ಓಂ ಜ್ಞಾನತಿಮಿರಂದ್ಯಾನಂಜನ ಶಲಾಖಾ ಚಕ್ಷುರುನ್ಮಿಥೇನ Today we get to hear and chant together. The way to develop wealth and happiness, peace of mind, opulence, auspiciousness is to hear about Krishna. There's leela, Krishna's activities, which are very beautiful. Krishna comes to the world from time to time he says himself in the bhagavad gita yada yada hi dharmasya glanir bhavati bharata aputanam dharmasya tadatmanam sujamyaham he comes to adjust the the mood of the people of the world people generally get out of hand with left to their own devices things drift off in the wrong direction living entity is a little stamp of the supreme supreme ishvar so just as a little flake of gold has the same qualities as the gold mine living entities also have the propensity to control but when they forget their position as being eternal servants of krishna and try to lord it over be the controller then they can try to fight it out here in the material world bahunam jamanam ante gyanavamam prapadyate vasudeva sarvamiti sa mahatma sadur labaha after many many births a person who comes to his senses realizes that actually krishna is everything literally and i meant to serve him so shila prapad's a pure devotee and he had a spotless life in krishna consciousness when he was a child he wanted a rathyatra cart his father got him a rath cart probably told one of my god brothers that he used to sleep with his hand on it at night that little rath cart and he used to pray to to lord chitanya that he could get a ticket to go to jagannath puri for the rathyatra to see lord jagannath and he met his spiritual master he walked up the steps there at ulta ulta danga ulta danga junction road one of the holiest places on the planet anybody who goes there will never be the same if you go there in a mood of devotion having done some sacrifice worked in a walmart parking lot for a while to sell sets of bhagavatams you develop the adhikari to go to that place and then you can go and you can touch the step that shila prapad walked up to meet his guru shila bhakti siddhanta saraswati thakur and then in your dreams you'll be, remember the impetus that he had to walk up those steps to meet his guru and as soon as he met his guru there was combustion because his guru recognized the potential and he told abai at the time that you now can take the message of lord chaitanya and spread it all over the world take it to the western countries and so <clears throat> later in life after keeping that order in his heart for many many years incubating it he took krishna consciousness and 
spread it all over the world. Purity is the force. When you have complete spiritual integrity, then there's potency in your voice and in your writing, everything that you do, you become an auspicious, opulent personality spiritually. And people naturally recognize something is different. They want to become part of it. So we're lucky because we have a connection to that, to that internal energy that he brought to the world. So I have my respectful obeisances to my spiritual master, his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, and to all of you who are following in his jet stream, taking advantage of Lord Chaitanya's open order to the world to teach everyone about Krishna consciousness. And also you're imbibing, you're taking in the very special instructions that Krishna gave in the Bhagavad Gita and that we got through our Acharya Sampradaya to chant Japa every day, avoid sinful activities, yesham tontakadam papam jananam punya karmanam te dondha mohanir mukta bhajanti mam dhridavrta. And if you stay free from sin, sinful activities, then you'll be dhridavrta, very determined. So thank you very much, everybody, for keeping yourselves in such a high state of spiritual consciousness. Today, we'll read a little bit from the Sri Shapanishad. It's a very auspicious book. Prabhupada brought it out early on. It's a part of the Shrutis. And uh, it all talks about the Supreme Personality of Godhead. We can remember how he's a person. When Akrura was asked by Kamsa to go to Vrindavan with his chariot and swing by and pick up Krishna and Balaram, then he was on a dastardly mission, but he was a pure devotee also. All the way there, he was meditating on the lotus hand of Krishna. Krishna's hands are very delicate and beautiful, as you might imagine, the perfection of all hands. And he was thinking how he might place that hand on his head and say, oh, Uncle Akura, uh, and give him a, a benediction from his hand. And so Prabhupada writes in the Bhagavatam in his commentary that when Lord Nishingadev saw how gentle of a devotee Prahlad Maharaj was, he took compassion on him, his five-year-old pure devotee, and he put his lotus hand on his head. You've seen the picture? Lord Nishingadev with his hand on Prahlad's head. And Prabhupada writes there that there's no difference there between Lord Nishingadev placing his lotus hand on Prahlad's head and chanting Hare Krishna because you're directly coming in contact with the Supreme Personality of Godhead when you do that. So today we can chant Hare there. Can you highlight, please, Prema and Premi's a little cave over there? There's Lord Nishingadev placing his lotus hand on the head of Prahlad Maharaj. So 
when we chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, we're also directly coming in contact with the Lord's lotus hand. Shishupanishad. Text one. Actually, it's invocation, the first verse in the book. Om Purnamata Purnamidam Purnat Purnam Utachyate Purnasi Purnamadaya Purnamivavishishyate The personality of God is perfect and complete, and because he is completely perfect, all emanations from him, such as this phenomenal world, are perfectly equipped as complete wholes. Whatever is produced of the complete whole is also complete in itself. Because he is a complete whole, even though so many complete units emanate from him, he remains the complete balance. The complete whole or the supreme absolute truth is the complete personality of Godhead. Realization of impersonal Brahman or of Paramatma, the super soul, is incomplete realization of the complete, of the absolute complete. The Supreme Personality of God, it is Satchit Ananda Vigraha. Realization of impersonal Brahman is realization of his Sat feature or his aspect of eternity. And Paramatma realization is realization of his Sat and Chit features, his aspects of eternity and knowledge. But realization of the personality of Godhead is realization of all three transcendental features, Satchit and Ananda, bliss. When one realizes the Supreme Person, he realizes these aspects of the absolute truth in their completeness. Vigraha means form. Thus, the complete whole is not formless. If he were formless, or if he were any, if he were less, then his creation in any other way, he could not be complete. The complete whole must contain everything both within and within and beyond our experience. Otherwise, he cannot be complete. So stay on the first paragraph, please. And so in the second chapter, second canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, in the verse that ends in the word anamapakai by hypothesis and by vision to, of noticing that we're not the body, Shukadeva Goswami mentions that we'll be able to see the difference between ourselves and our body. And Srila Prabhupada takes us through an exercise in his purport where he asks us to examine the different aspects of our body and mind and notice that we're the seer we're not the one that is being seen and therefore we're separate from the body and then he asks us to notice that we have intelligence that comes to us as if supplied by a father to a son who is giving good instruction and he says this is the preliminary realization of the Paramatma. The Paramatma resides within the heart of everyone, as Krishna says in the Gita, Ishvara Sarvabhutanam Tishtiti Brahmayan Sarvabhutani Yantra Vrudrani Mayaya 
Krishna says, I'm riding on the machine of the body made of material energy along with the living entity. And I am fulfilling his desires, giving instruction about how to enjoy the material world. And therefore, Prabhupada points out that the Paramatma cannot be the ultimate feature of the Supreme. In other words, in the verse, he teaches us how by observation we can see that we're not the body and also that there's a superior presence who's giving us intelligence. But then by logic, he says that uh, this, the Supreme exists for himself, not simply as an order supplier. That's not the complete aspect of the Supreme. Supreme has Ananda and has his own life not at, that's independent of supplying order supplying for the living entities. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta pointed out, actually it was one of his disciples who had gone to a play somewhere in, in England and he had been invited there as a Gaudi Vaishnava and in the play there was a, a stage and above the stage there was a balcony and during the play at different intervals God would come out with a long beard and a gown and he would say, I bless you, I bless you, or I condemn you, I condemn you. And he wasn't really part of the play. He would just interject at various intervals. And after the, the drama, the producers had asked this uh, devotee who had been a guest of honor there, you know, what he thought of the play. And he said, I thought it was very good. He said, only in our philosophy, God's actually in the play. He's not the one standing above just interjecting or overseeing. He's actually doing the drama. Queen Kunti says, Maya Javanikachanam Adhokshajama Yam Lakshase Mudadusha Nato Natya Dharodyata. Krishna plays on the stage, he does his Lila, and he's dressed by his internal energy so we can't recognize him necessarily, comes in different forms and so forth. Prabhupada points out that Krishna has his own interests beyond just being an order supplier. The Upanishads say that this is the Supreme Personality of God, is Paramatma in this world is traveling with every living entity, fulfilling their desires. And that's a very um, preliminary role of God. His ultimate role is as Bhagavan, because there he's enjoying in his Leela for his own purposes, tasting the sweetness of his relationship with his devotees. In fact, so much so that he forgets that he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead, divine ignorance. For instance, Balaram, one day when Krishna and Balaram and their friends, Sridham and Stoka Krishna and others were playing, they had all kinds of challenges against each other. And the victor would get to ride on the shoulders of those uh, he defeated in the games. So one day, Pralambasura, 
uh, was a, a demon sent by Kamsa and he disguised himself as one of the boys and came on the scene and Krishna was organizing the game and he was doing it very expertly because not only did he want the boys to have fun, but he also wanted to kill Palumbasura. So he made arrangements for the games to go on. And the outcome was that Palumbasura had been a victor. So uh, he had been defeated rather and uh, Balaram got the uh, victory lap. He rode on the shoulders of Perlumbasura. So Perlumba started off with Balaram and they were to meet in a certain place, but he kept going past that place to a huge banyan tree. He even passed that. And Balaram riding on the shoulders of Perlumba realized that something's wrong. And at first he was a little concerned, like afraid, as he was thinking that, uh, what is this? He thought maybe something's happening to Krishna because he was always in a protective mood of Krishna. And then he noticed that this cowherd boy that was carrying him was changing in many different ways and was assuming the form of a big demon. So then Balaram smashed his head with his fist and killed Pralambasura. And all the cowherd boys and Krishna came there and glorified Balaram for his prowess and his strength. And every day, uh, Krishna, Balaram, and the boys would go out in the forest and play all day long. They'd herd their calves. And Krishna will come home in the evening and he's greeted by all the devotees in the Vraj not the least of which is his mother who's been waiting for him all day to give him a bath, feed him all the best kinds of foods, and then uh, pamper him and put him to sleep and uh, make sure he's resting peacefully. And so Krishna lives his life with his parents, Nanda and Yashoda and all his friends like Subal, Stoka Krishna and then he has relationships with all his devotees in Vrindavan. Some of them are serving him in the form of trees and water and in a static way. And some of them are in a mood of servitorship, different levels of servitorship and then friendship. Nectar Devotion describes how there's various kinds of friends that have Krishna has some are more intimate than others. Some have a little more paternal instinct and are looking out for Krishna. Like even Balaram, he's always carrying his plow. He's in a mood of protecting Krishna. And then there's his parents, like Nanda and Yashoda. And then he has devotees who uh, pine for him in a relationship like a boyfriend, girlfriend in the Vraj. And uh, they meet in secret places, just like lovers do. Uh, and they have quarrels. And all these are going on uh, for Krishna's enjoyment in the spiritual world. He's tasting the relationships with his uh, unalloyed devotees in Vraj. And 
that's his main purpose is to enjoy ananda that's a complete form of the supreme personality of godhead as krishna says in the bhagavad gita brahmano hi pratishtaham amritasya vyasicha shashvatasya tatarnasya sukasya ikantikasicha that brahman effulgence that so many yogis are after thinking that they want to merge into that light he said is that just emanates from me that i'm the basis of the brahman and i'm the ultimate source of all happiness and uh, the paramatma as described in, the, in this uh, verse there's sat and chit features this sense of eternality and knowledge all pervasiveness of the lord but the ananda is very little the ananda comes when the relationship awakens with a krishna in a personal way and that happens through the process of uh, practicing bhakti yoga nayam sukhako bhagavan dehinam gopikasuta dehinam chatmabhutanam yata bhakti matam iha uh, you can't attain that position of having a relationship with krishna through gyan uh, what is uh, or yoga um, a dhyan meditation you can't uh, definitely can't do it through material activities but with a little bit of bhakti yata bhakti matam iha then krishna can be attained when there's some uh, mood of pure devotional service the practice of uh, contacting krishna and developing a relationship with him has a couple of tracks as we practice it there's the bhagavat marg and the panchatrikavidhi we follow the bhagavat marg which is uh, as i mentioned earlier the source of all happiness and nourishment of the soul is uh, hearing and chanting when we chant hari krishna if you chant and chant and chant and chant and learn to overcome the mind rise above the mind by chanting even if you're chanting with uh, great strain and struggle uh, and uh, you're being interrupted constantly by the mind chattering and you think oh, this is terrible i'm the worst chanter in the world no one's ever chanted worse than me in fact i'm i'm just chanting aparad after another one after another so the padma purana says nam aparada yuktanam nam anyeva harantyagama vishnurani prutani nam ye varta karanicha keep chanting don't stop can't chant chant constantly as as you continue to chant then one of the one of the um, names will come through will come sailing through i'm going to read you a, a little piece i wrote if i can find it the realization i had about chanting and chanting You still there? Everyone's nodding. It's like we're deaf or something. Okay, boxing with the with the mind. 
Boxers meet in a ring and fight each other for a set number of rounds. Each round lasts three minutes and each fight, called a bout, features up to 12 rounds. As a round begins, an official rings a bell and the fighters come out of their corners, touch gloves, and then begin boxing. Artfully dancing about, jabbing at one another with their gloves, each fighter seeks to gain an advantage. Often in a bout, one of the fighters wins by a knockout when he catches his challenger off guard and lands a decisive punch on his opponent's chin. Before this morning's Joppa, I shook hands with my mind and then we faced off in the Joppa ring, exchanging hooks, jabs, feints, crosses, and combinations. Wary of my mind's tricks, I kept my defenses up, constantly bringing my attention back to the Maha Mantra, even as my adversary tried hard to knock me off my asan and drag me away from my chanting. In Bhagavad Gita, the greatest of fighters, Arjuna says, for the mind is restless, turbulent, obstinate, and very strong, O Krishna, and to subdue it, I think, is more difficult than controlling the wind. Krishna agrees with Arjuna, but says the mind can be overcome. Lord Sri Krishna said, O mighty armed son of Kunti, it is undoubtedly very difficult to curb the restless mind, but it is possible by suitable practice and by detachment. Remembering the words of Krishna and Arjuna, I gained optimism. Despite a slow start and continued to chant, even as I faced a most potent rival, my resolve paid off at the beginning of the eighth round when I caught an auspicious break and suddenly scored a decisive punch, sending my counterpart mind reeling against the ropes. Mesmerized by the constant volley of mantras and intimidated by my grit, my mind had momentarily lowered his guard, letting one very clear maha mantra come sailing through. The mantra knocked him back several steps. Stunned by the power of the holy name, my mind staggered on wobbly knees, and he never recovered as my chanting continued with even more enthusiasm. Although he had a reputation of being unbeatable, my mind had succumbed to the power of the holy name, and triumphantly, I won the round and the bout by a knockout. Hare Krishna. Tips for fighters. Number one, stay in the ring and fight. Scripture recommends that we stay in the Japa ring no matter what. That is, one should keep on chanting even when, or especially, especially when the going gets tough. Padma Purana states, even if one chants the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra offensively, one can eventually overcome offenses by ch continuously chanting without deviation. In other words, if your chanting is imperfect or you feel uninspired, you should go on chanting your rounds. At some point, you will utter a mantra in Nam Vas, the clearing stage, and you'll get a special taste that will inspire your chanting and all other aspects of your spiritual life. Two, study and know your opponent, the mind, before entering the Japa ring. Three, don't take your eyes off your opponent, the mind, thinking that he's neutralized or insignificant. Four, cultivate knowledge about the power of chanting the holy names and associate with those who have a strong taste for chanting. Chanting Japa of the Holy Names is serious business. Like a prize fighter, one must stay in good shape 
spiritually so that one can enter each round of japa with dexterity and determination. Om Tat Sat. So on the Bhagavat Marg side, oh, thank you very much, Subhangi Radha. So, and Eka Chakra Pran, Hare Krishna. So we have to practice. And how much do we have to practice? A lot. It means at least every day we have to have a routine where we lean into the process of chanting Hare Krishna and then also hearing from Srimad Bhagavatam because Srinvatam Svakata Krishna Punya Shravana Kirtana Tridyan Takstor Badrani Vidunoti Suritsatam. When Krishna hears the Srimad Bhagavatam as we're reading it, he becomes inspired to cleanse our hearts and gives us special impetus to hear about him more. That's the great wealth of life that we develop this desire to hear about him. So on the Bhagavat Mark side, we have to have a regular program to fight with the mind and keep numerical strength every day. Nam Sankhya Purvaka, hearing a regulated amount, chanting a regulated amount and staying in the fight constantly fighting with the mind and getting association with the Vaishnavas and doing service for them. And then on the Pancharatric side, we have to qualify ourselves for Pancharatric initiation. This is what we call the, the mantra diksha or the second initiation. And from that process, we also get a personal contact with Krishna through deity worship. And the life of deity worship is vital. Now, it sounds contradictory because Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says in the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita that the chanting of the holy name doesn't require diksha uh, to be effective. However, our acharyas headed by Jiva Goswami say that in order to chant Hare Krishna effectively, we have to be pure in mind and heart. And therefore he recommends that everyone take diksha and worship the deity because as we're living the Pantratric life, worshiping the deities, then it keeps us in a purified state, so much so that when we chant Hare Krishna, we'll uh, get a special taste. We won't be distracted by rajas and tamas, the lower modes of material nature. And therefore, our acharyas have said that our process runs on two tracks, on the Bhagavat Mark, about hearing, chanting Srimad Bhagavatam, chanting Hare Krishna, teaching others about Krishna consciousness, and the Pantratrik Viti, or the process of a deity worship, in which we're um, developing a very personal relationship with Krishna. And as we uh, continue in the association of pure devotees, cultivating these, we'll begin to... Uh, realized by Krishna's grace that his feature as Bhagavan and the Ananda that's uh, there with uh, contact with Bhagavan and with his service and the service of his devotees. And that's the only thing that can keep us above uh, material life because 
that's when we feel complete. We're complete when we're complete in our service to the Vaishnavas and to Krishna. And if I'm not complete, then I have to go to the mall or to Amazon Prime and order another box because there's always something that I don't have. No matter what kind of arrangements I make, I'll still feel I'm not complete. I don't have the right toothpaste. I don't have the right, everything not right. I was just reminiscing the other day about living in an ashram, Brahmacharya ashram, and thinking what I was dreaming. It was so ecstatic at every minute. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I can remember just feeling in bliss all the time, being there uh, at Prasadam with all my friends. We had service to look forward to all day long. Come back at night, have more kirtan, have more hearing and chanting. And then no burden, no burden of having to think about anything else. No need to distract one's mind from uh, full-time service. So these are uh, important aspects. Krishna is complete, but um, my completeness comes when I'm completely engaged in the process that's been passed down by Krishna through the Guru Parampara. And uh, then once I have a little sip of that, then Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Vishaya Vini Bhartante Nirahara Sadehina Rasa Varjam Rasopyasya Parandrushva Nivartate. It's not that I'm holding back anymore or struggling to fight uh, with the mind, but then there's a way in which uh, I'm endeavoring to just be uh, more situated, to be situated more solidly, that is, in the direct process of devotional service to Krishna. Because I realize that's the only thing that's in my interest. All other things have become a distraction. And then uh, with the with the taste or ruchi, where we've been pushing a rock uphill, a round rock, you have to push it uphill. But once we get to the top, then it starts to go down the other side. It rolls down by itself. So I have to push hard to come to this point of passing a nartanivriti and coming to nishta. And then when ruchi, as Srila Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur explains it in the Madhurya Kadambani, starts to flow in ruchi, then I'm noticing tada rajas tamobhava kamalobhadayascaye cheta iter anavidam stitam sattve prasiditi. I'm not being harassed anymore by the mind telling me to do stupid things. I'm winning every bout. Every time I go in the ring, I pulverize it and I come out and I'm, I'm winning against the, uh, the boxing, the, the Olympics, Olympic boxing match with the mind. And this is actually a happy life. And it can only, get, only be attained through devotional service. So the completeness is there. Krishna is there. Our relationship is already there. We just haven't seen it. I mentioned today at another program that I had seen uh, a short documentary film. So I think it's 45 minutes long. It's called The 
the year the earth changed. It's all about the changes that took place during COVID because people stopped harassing the earth so much. Big luxury ships make it so the whales can't hear what they're doing down there. I hate it when my neighbors turn on electric this and that. It just disturbs. But to speak of, you know, big, huge ship coming over your head every five minutes, you can't hear uh, what your, your little kids are doing. You can't hear what your family's doing. All over the earth, uh, everything's disturbed by the demoniac civilization that's going on, hell-bent for trying to, yeah, just hell-bent, leave it at that. So then uh, in one of the sections, the producers show the a section that went viral during, I didn't see it, but uh, apparently it was it was a big event in one city in northern India. Somebody, 30-year-old photographer, heard his father up on the roof calling to him, quick, quick, you have to come, you have to come see this. He ran up the ladder to get to the roof with his camera. And when he got there, he had the shock of his life. He was 30 years old and he, he had never seen the, seen the Himalayas in his life. But there they were because... The fog, had, the smog had cleared because all the cars stopped. Everyone had to sit at home and wait it out. And he saw it for the first time. And when he showed the film, like the before and after, it's, it's you get this um, striking feeling in your heart. Like, wow, it was there the whole time. We couldn't see it. And it was for no good reason, too. Just pollution is just from whimsical activities. You're just tutoring around on uh, all kinds of vehicles that make racket and put out smoke. And where are you going? To get some pan. What do you call it? Pan or pawn? I want to, I want this decided once and for all. Is it pan or pawn? Pawn. 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 You're just tutoring around. They have all these little shops with little pawn uh, samples that you can buy. And, and um, you know, everyone's chewing on it, spitting it out, and that's material life. It's just polluting everything, chewing pond, spitting it out, and trying to get a little taste. And meanwhile, the whole air is so polluted, you can't see the mountains. So in the same way, my life of passion and ignorance means tutoring around, doing nothing really that's of, of any significance for my eternal benefit. And the atmosphere is so polluted i can't see my eternal relationship with krishna and i don't feel whole i keep searching for something down one more pawn shop see then it doesn't work to say pawn shop it sounds like p-a-w-n instead of p-a-n that's like why we should have a declaration in India to change it to pan rather than pawn just for that reason okay so if we are able to clear the mist of ignorance, the smog that comes from our ill-conceived activities in this world. Who, who told us we had to watch television? I mean, whose stupid idea was that in the first place? And, you know, all the other crazy things that go on here in the material world, uh, games people play and all things that don't relate to self-realization. Shukadeva Goswami just looks at them all and said, this is a total waste of time. You know, get serious. 
and clear the mists of ignorance. And then the most startling of all and wondrous of all visions will be ours to behold. And that is, I've always had a direct relationship with Krishna. It's never, I've never been out of it. It's only been obscured by the smog of ignorance caused by my driving around in a broken rickshaw with smoke coming out the back, looking for pawn, another flavor of pawn. Are there different flavors? No, yes. Yes, lots and... of. <laughs> <laughs> one. Lots and lots of flavors of the mode of ignorance and passion here in the material world. And I just want to taste every last one of them from these little shops that sell pond. Every, that's all the material world is. Every different kind of car. It's the same little uh, stupid invention just to make money so everyone can drive around in their own comfort, pollute the atmosphere, ruin everything for all the squirrels and everybody else. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's a really crazy idea. It's passion and ignorance, not well thought out at all. But when we get smart and we start following the Acharyas and we start following Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita and we become um, dedicated to the path of Bhagavad Marga and Pantratri Kaviti, then the smog will clear and we'll see our direct relationship with Krishna will be so startled that it was there the whole time and I just forgot Krishna. And then we'll feel whole, just like those people on the roof. They're jumping up and down for joy. It was a visceral experience that they had to see the mountains there. It's so glorious. And to realize they had missed it all this time. So then we feel uh, the import of this verse, Om Purnam Adah Purnamidam Purnam Purnamidachate. We're com complete, but we've forgotten our completeness because we've forgotten Krishna. So we have to remember him. And bhakti yoga is the sublime process. All you have to do is for pancharatric vidhi. You come to the temple. You ring the bell. Take some charnamrita. And feel happy bowing down before the beautiful form of the Lord. Smell the incense. Somebody hands you a flower. Take it. A little bit of scented oil that was offered to Krishna's lotus feet. You can put swab that on your hand. Some people take a little piece of the cotton. If you go to Radharaman, they'll give you a little, any of the temples in Vrindavan, they'll give you a little piece of cotton with some beautiful scented oil that was offered the deities. You put it in the fold of your ear up here. Just hide it right in your ear. And then all day long, you can smell that. And then you can offer a few prayers and then take a little prasad and be happy. And if you want, you could sit there. Krishna likes it. He likes it when we sit there in front of him instead of going to some other stupid place and chant Hare Krishna and just chant. You can chant Japa, be peaceful, hot day. You can sit on the cool marble floor in front of Krishna Balaram. You can chant along with the Kirtan. You go to any temple and just bring a pair of kartals and sing your heart out to the deities. And this is bhakti. It's really simple. Krishna reciprocates by clearing the mist of ignorance and revealing himself to us so we feel complete.
So now let's take a few reflections or questions to expand the conversation. I'm checking in to see if we got anything on the special grid that we have for reflections. Here we got Vijay Damodar Prabhu to start things off. He says, it is said that each Jiva has specific service to Krishna that no one else can replace, correct? Also, when a Mukta Jiva delivers their service, both Jiva and Krishna get their blissful returns, correct? If you answered yes to both of the above, then is it correct conclusion that Krishna's total returns, WRT, with what is WRT? To, with respect to. Thank you. With respect to bliss is not complete since there is still many Bhattajivas not providing their share of returns of seva, bliss to Krishna. This apparently contradicts Krishna's Purnam or completely satisfied state. Please clarify. Well, Krishna is Purnam. He's complete in himself, but he uh, can become more complete. He's always expanding his pleasure. That's why they're unlimited living entities. He's an un, he's unlimited and his expansions are unlimited because his pleasure never plateaus. It's always increasing. And although it's true that uh, as confirmed in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu discusses with Haridas Thakur that the Lord feels um, a kind of uh, he, he feels uh, regret for the living beings who have become wayward and aren't engaged in his service. And therefore, he um, glorifies Haridas Thakur in his service. Sanatan Goswami actually glorifies uh, Haridas Thakur because he says he not only practices Christian consciousness, but teaches it to others. And that this is this teaching to other people uh, because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has an anxiety, and that is that the living entities are rotting in the material world. And therefore, he says, uh, that when one makes the endeavor to save the conditioned souls, this is a complete service. This is a very high service uh, for the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So it's not mutually exclusive that Krishna can feel a sense of uh, compassion for the living beings and want them to come back to him and still feel complete in and of himself because he's an unlimited he's unlimited his happiness is unlimited but it's always increasing and therefore he he becomes appreciative when his devotees bring more people into the fold of krishna consciousness to increase the ananda on a morning walk Prabhupada said to the devotees. It was a very lively walk and you could tell there there was uh, felicity in the conversation and in the mood of the devotees walking with Prabhupada. And then at the end of the walk, as Prabhupada's about to get back in his car, drive back to the temple, Prabhupada says, see, this is Ananda. He says, Ananda means there are many of us. And he said that if there was only myself, he said, it would have been a different atmosphere. Because I just be walking, but all of you are here and we have this lively discussion going on and therefore we're feeling the bliss, the ananda for many. So uh, although the Lord's complete, 
we can become more complete by just like this is how it's measured in and the spiritual uh, description of the various aspects of the spiritual world. There's perfect, more perfect, and most perfect. You have the uh, various aspects of, like there's Dwarka, there's Mathura, and there's Vrindavan. So Dwarka is described as perfect, and then you have Mathura, which is more perfect, and then Vrindavan is most perfect. And why is it most perfect? Because the uh, intimacy is greater. And therefore the rasa, the taste is sweeter. So it's more perfect, but they're all perfect. So Krishna can, can feel compassion and also um, feel sorry that the living entities, some of them, very few, have become deviated and at the same time being uh, enjoying the spiritual world without uh, diminishing his uh, completeness. Uh, Dear Prashanta. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Uh, I was actually reflecting on the word uh, spiritual integrity you mentioned like in the beginning of the lecture. And I think this is my personal realization, right? Uh, so I was looking at the meaning of the word integrity. So in addition to uh, being honest and fairness, one of the meaning of integrity is being whole. And I think that comes from the fact that, you know, if, if you are not, you know, attached or, you know, connected to Krishna and Guru, I think, you know, our, our integrity is not going to be where it is. And what I realized is everything starts from being, you know, uh, uh, inner, inner integrity, right? Because you're always going to get into situations, you know, be it in the temple or anything, things are not going to go your way, you know, you're going to get, you know, surprised. So if you're, if you're integral, you know, from, from inner, you know, then, you know, you'll be able to face the, the situations better. And I think um, more importantly, I think you feel satisfied and connected, you know, because of your sadhana, your devotional service, you know, other things doesn't matter, don't matter to you that much, you know, even if, if it's some kind of, you know, unfavoritism or, you know, things don't go your way, you, you are kind of balanced. So I just want to share that realization. Yeah, this is something that Krishna mentions in various places in the Bhagavad Gita, but especially pointed in the beginning of the sixth chapter. He's describing the yogis and who are controlling their minds. He says... Uh, for one who has conquered the mind, the super soul is already reached, for he has attained tranquility. Such a man, happiness and distress, heat and cold, honor and dishonor, all the same. A person said to be established in self-realization is called a yogi or mystic when he is fully satisfied by virtue of acquired knowledge and realization. Such a person is situated in transcendence and is self-controlled. He sees everything, whether it be pebbles, stones, or gold, as the same. A person is considered still further advanced when he regards honest well-wishers, affectionate benefactors, the neutral mediators, the envious, friends and enemies, the pious and the sinners, all with an equal mind. And this uh, uh, has to do with the spiritual integrity in the practice of Krishna consciousness when one develops that. 
and feel satisfied within him or herself. Okay, we have Sukeshri and then Vatsala and then Bhakti Rohit. We were talking about using all different kinds of senses for Krishna's service. So I was remembering that I, I think it's about two years that we started a class for the kids with special education needs in uh, Sunday school. So in these two years, what I have realized is, you know, we would, they have just because they're constantly chanting, they're listening to the katha, and, um, you know, parents are offering and eating prasadam. You know, they're using all their senses in service of Krishna. And I've seen that most of the kids who were not able to sit even for 15, 20 minutes before in the class are actually sitting in the Zoom on a camera for 45 minutes, but not much difficulty. And there are kids who are actually, who are non-verbal are actually verbal. So it looks like a practical <laughs> um, application of um, what's said in the Shastra. So that was my comment, Prabhu. And um, I have a question. <laughs> my question was when you're talking about Namabas, so does Namabhas, I mean, I just want to re-confirm. Uh, so Namabhas is when a person is able to actually not hear the clutter of the mind, but actually hears the Mahamantra. Is that understanding right, Prabhu? Yes. There's a, there's a, a level of chanting in which we're still hearing the chatter of the mind. Have you ever experienced that? You may, your lips may be moving and the mantra may be coming out. But actually, what I'm hearing is, oh, you got to go to the store. How come you didn't answer these emails? Uh, what's going to happen in the future? Is COVID ever going to go away? What do you think about that new car? What about that guy's shoes? Isn't that crazy? And so there's uh, a stream at a certain level of consciousness where all we're hearing is the chatter. And I may be saying, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, but it's not registering i'm not really aware of it i'm thinking of everything else and i'm like notice myself moving from one place to another looking at different things chanting but not actually paying attention to the mantra but uh when i'm able to hear the the mantra and experience the power of the mantra in other words i i i'm actually giving my attention faithfully to the hearing of the to the hearing process and then there are uh, great benefits that come from that because just by being a little attentive and breaking through and hearing the mantra and being a little bit enraptured i don't know if that sounds contradictory a little bit enraptured but or perhaps just for a while i feel that enrapturement when i'm chanting that's a the most beneficial because that's where I get my strength to control my senses and to go on with the process and feel encouraged is when I'm able to actually experience directly the, the beauty of the name. I feel something, I feel some compassion, you know, it comes from that. And Haridas Thakur and the Harinam Chintamani lists all of the benefits one gets from Nama Basa. And he says it's better than reading all the Vedas. It's better than doing any, any kind of sacrifice that you could possibly do, any kind of austerity, giving in charity. He goes down a long list of all the things that uh, cannot compare to Namabhas, even one, one chant, one mantra. So we should try for that because then we'll be able to get strength to continue and come to the higher stages of chanting in Shuddhanam. How long does it take, Prabhu, to be able to do the 16 rounds? 
40 years, you're saying? So I was just wondering. 40 years. I'm not saying Prophet said it. He told that. So you would be able to get. Shastra says you can go for millions of years, but not get the taste if you if you don't apply yourself. And part of applying is just deciding that I, I'm going to make this a priority. I mean, how do you feel in a relationship if someone doesn't make you a priority? You know, it could be any relationship and you just notice that actually, you know, I'm not really a priority in that person's life. How does it make you feel? Like, like giving some wonderful reciprocation. So all it takes really, it's not a mechanical process. This is a heartfelt process. Krishna's there waiting for us, but I'm smogging the place up with my with my stupid stuff, thinking that I'm I'm king of the outhouse, and you know, called the material world, and and you know, I got a little chip in the game, so I'm all proud. You know, it's like look at me, I'm a I'm a CEO driving a mountain bike up the hill, talking on a cell phone at the same time, making deals, you know. And uh, I fly first class and blah, blah, blah. You're a little lost jiva in the material world. And the acharyas, acharyas say, you know, wake up, little jiva, jago. You know, realize that the only game in town is Krishna's leela. And if you just give up your little fake leela here in the material world and say, Krishna, I'm making my life a service to your lila gane priyasam udapasya namanta eva jivanti san mukaritam bhavadiya varto brahma's mood after his mind was blown by krishna blown totally and it takes a lot because brahma's the smartest person in the universe and that's a that's pretty smart and then krishna just without making any special arrangement just blew his mind. And then Brahma said to everybody, just give up trying to understand Krishna with your intellect. Use your body, mind, words to serve the Bhagavatam. And, and when you do that, then, then you'll actually come to your real life which is that the internal potency will descend into your life and your heart will melt. And then you'll be, you'll be able to directly uh, experience your relationship with Krishna, even in this life. Thank you so and much. And the, the burning sensation from the forest fire, the material will be put out. Can't put it out can't put out a forest fire with a bucket of water or even with airplanes you have to it has to rain so that's what comes from krishna i really like the bmw prabhu i try to remember that with bmw mnemonic body mind and words for krishna thank you prabhu yeah you got to get it. what's it going to take to get for us to get you into bmw today mr mr wilson okay uh, vatsala Burning question. Let's hear it. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Thank you for joining. <laughs> uh, uh, my question is, uh, 
So one day we all will leave for a true home towards Krishna uh, forever. And we would be free from cycle of birth and death. But uh, we all were there once. We still fell down. So my question is, once I go back to Godhead, once I go back to Krishna, is there a possibility I would fall down again? Once burnt, twice shy. You know that saying? No. Once burnt, twice shy. Can somebody give the purport? Subhangi, what does it mean? Once burnt, twice shy. Okay, you don't know what it means. Let's see. Um, you know what it means? Uh, Subhadra knows what it means. Go ahead, Subhadra. It means that once you get burnt, you're going to be very <clears throat> hesitant to touch the fire again. You're shy, shy to touch the fire because you were burnt, and you know. Is there a different story behind that? Is there a story behind once burnt, twice shy? Yes. Is there a more detailed? Only Siri knows that. <laughs> and there's not. You have to. I have to go to the Siri Piranha. <laughs> uh, Guru Maharaj, there is a Hindi version of that. Uh, uh, that ka jala ko mar mar kar pita hai. That means that if you're uh, if you burn by drinking the hot water, a uh, hot milk, then even the chash you are going to you know say that it might be hot. Then you just you know sip it very carefully. That part. So. It's kind of same uh, in a, in a Hindi translation, so I just thought to add that. Thank you, that helps a lot. the uh, The point is, the acharyas in their prayers and the verses talk about, and their verses and their commentaries talk about uh, the fallen state of the jiva. Fallen, fallen means fallen. Some fall down. There's an endless dispute which cannot be resolved about. Uh, exactly how and when living entity falls down. And Prabhupada says it in the Bhagavad Gita. He said it really doesn't matter. Um, there's a psychology behind it, though. And the psychology to know is that, is it true that God's making me suffer for no reason? For no reason. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good, and why do bad things happen to me? So this is um, actually... Uh, a mistaken idea because Krishna doesn't want us to suffer and he's making every arrangement so that we can come to the, the complete stage of our lives and the only way Bhaktivinoda says that you can actually realize it for yourself not on a mental platform is through chid samadhi the only way you can possibly do that is through coming at least to nama bas because in your chanting, if you come to the level beyond the chatter of the mind into Nambas, you'll start feeling complete and you'll start feeling complete because you're feeling a, um, a flow of mercy coming from Krishna. And you'll feel that actually Krishna loves me. And then the ideas about like, how did I fall down? Why did I, you know, this doesn't seem fair. Those vanish like vapor because we're right here now. The Himalayas are right there right now. The smog was created by me, not by not by the Himalayas. And when I actually see it for myself, then 
all that uh, wonderment and anxiety about how I fell down, will I fall, fall again and so forth, uh, which is intellectualizing the process becomes vaporized through, through direct realization. Thank you very much. Thank Krishna. you, Maharaj. Krishna, okay, now we have a lineup here. We have Bhakta Rohit, and then we have Avantika and Anupama. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj and Pranam Jai Shri The verse that you took today, that we took today, is Upanishad invocation today. So in that, um, we talk about how even the, even when the complete entity comes out of the complete, the complete still remains complete. And um, so I was just referring, I was just remembering a few verses from the Sri Brahma Samhita that we have been analyzing for the past one week of, with a group of students over here. And in that, there we find loads and loads of contradictions in the verses like you know the lord is the oldest person still he's never yovanamcha etc etc and um so i was thinking why are these there are so many contradictions why are they looking at, i mean to be so many there are appearing to be so many contradictions so i just uh, referred back to the the foreword which bhakti siddhanta saraswati thakur gives here you know, in, in before the Brahma Samhita, it says that the first hymn will establish the supremacy of the absolute truth if his substratum is not shot by the bullets of limited time, ignorance, and uncomfortable feeling. So I was just I, I kind of referring back to Sri Bhagavad Gita, where uh, Krishna says, Sarvadharman Parityajya. And when he says Sarvadharman Parityajya, he does not, I mean, he, of course, he means all sorts of religious principles, but I kind of, kind of, uh, it just struck me that. He's also referring to all the preconceived notions, the logic and rationale that we have been conditioned with, with so much, so many years of education and so many janmas of staying in this material world. And as long as we are stuck with that, we will not be able to accommodate the absolute, which who is completely infinite beyond our perception. So uh, the only way to understand the absolute, the complete, the, the absolute truth is to actually give up, uh, you know, all these notions and preconceived notions that we have been having all these years all these genmas. So um, I just wanted to share with that. Is that what you students are doing down there in the South? You're sitting around talking about Krishna all day? Yes, Guru Maharaj, for the past quite many months. That's pretty months. good. That's pretty good, Bhakti Rohit. I like that a lot. Thank you for bringing those points out. As Srila Prabhupada mentions in the Adi Lila, Chaitanya Charitamrita, that to become the complete whole, the complete whole can contains that which is perfect and that was imperfect as well. Shara Akshara, Evacha, Bhagavad Gita, 15th chapter, Krishna talks about the fallible and the infallible. And in order for something to be complete, you have to have both sides, the perfect and the imperfect as well. There's the infinite and the infinitesimal. Uh, all sides are considered in the complete whole. Everything is there. Okay, your turn, Avantika. Um, I was just thinking based on what you said earlier, like one or two realizations ago about how um, a lot of people like don't have firm faith in like God or like in our case, Krishna existing because um, because like bad things are still happening in the world. And like, um, I was just thinking how humans have like a self-serving bias in the way that um, or actually maybe it's just me, but like whenever something good happens, I'll always like 
revel in how amazing I am and like how this all happened to me or um if like something like I, I do goes well I'll like feel happy with myself however um if something does go bad we tend to blame it on God so we never give like Krishna the benefit of the doubt with all of our successes yet only look at like the few bad things like the few like and even those reversals are ultimately blessings but we only look at those few reversals as um his fault and don't see like the magic he's putting behind all of our blessings. I hear a thesis paper coming out of this. I, I called the self-serving bias syndrome. I, I really like the phraseology you used. Did you uh, um, put that together? Self-serving bias? Oh, it's or a psych term. It's what? It's a psychology term. Oh, that's nice. I think, and I like the application that you brought it to bear in understanding through the lens of the Bhagavad, philosophy of Bhagavad Gita, what the self-serving bias is and what the result is. Very interesting self-serving bias. Yes, very true. And therefore Krishna says in 15th chapter of Gita, Nirmana moha jitta sangha dosha. Nirmana. Nirmana moha jitta sangha. The, the, the way to remove the clouds of ignorance, the smog, is to be nirman, which uh, you have to be, um, you have to rise above the, the self-serving bias, which is now going to be kind of a, one of my main phrases. Uh, self-serving bias, you have to rise above it in order to uh, see actually what the root of existence is. It's not me, and I'll never become the root of existence. I'm part of it. But when I cooperate with the whole, then I feel satisfied and I feel completely whole because I'm doing my complete duty to the complete whole. Nice point. Thank you very much. Well done. Uh, Anupama. Hi, Krishna Gumarash. Please have no basis. Please, Prabhupada. I was really appreciating your boxing analogy. I always had a tendency to think of Krishna consciousness and performing devotional service in a kind of sportive uh, mood and um, the idea of running the clock out on the field. And in regard to the boxing analogy, I was thinking how in boxing, it's, it's not about how many times you get knocked down, but how many times you get back up afterwards. And so it's like similar with chanting in that um, we could get knocked down so many times, but because ultimately spirit is stronger than matter. If we just get up that last time, then we'll always prevail by, by that effort. And so I was appreciating that. And um, also the point you're making about how it's the quality of our chanting that matters and that the mind can be going on so many different ways. Um, and we can go on chanting like that for millions of lifetimes. And it's similar even with reading I found as well that you often bring up the point where you could read an entire paragraph and really not get much out of it if you're not totally present. And it reminded me of one of my favorite verses from the CC, which is Shuni Le Kuribe Tosh, Krishna Gara Preme Habi Tosh, which means simply hearing submissively will free one's heart from all faults of ignorance, and thus one will develop deep love for Krishna. This is the path of peace. And uh, so I found that by reading and, and chanting very submissively and very attentively then the beam in my hand when i go to do book distribution becomes much stronger and i feel like i have a stronger influence when i'm interacting with people and uh, so we're just very grateful for all the 
really subtle but powerful points you're always giving and they're very well taken and, and respected so thank you Kumarsh. thank you Anupaman, thank you for bringing us fresh realizations right from the front lines of the battlefield because when you're testing out your chanting the best place is going out and trying to teach the mantra to other people and see how much potency you have it's good to go out and get frustrated too because then you come back and want to lean in to that constant tension between the hearing and chanting and distributing and wanting to bring each up to a higher level is what keeps us moving above the plateaus that are inevitable if we don't do that really nice thank you very much we have a couple more on the board uh nisha nisha says thank you so much for a practical inspiring class what inspired shula Prabhupada to translate ishupanishad amongst all of the other upanishads because it's so personal it talks about the lord's face and how he walks and does not walk and so forth and um that uh gives it a special place in our uh vaishnava canon then uh anirud nitai chand Hare krishna anirud nitai chand is here he says california is opening up fully on june 16th and our temple services will reopen i'm thinking this would be a, a time to test how much spiritual energy we have developed during the pandemic lockdown a restricted time since you have mentioned during the beginning time of the pandemic that this pandemic is the time to do more sadhana and increase our spiritual potency yep we've done our chaturmasya we're doing still and when we come out of chaturmasya that's when you learn that's when you re re realize what the potency of your of your austerities have been look we have stubangi radha Hare krishna Please go ahead. Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Uh, I just uh, remember when uh, you sent me in like 2017 uh, extract of a book of uh, some Prabhupada disciple where there is like uh, stories about him. And I just remember it because uh, while talking about the analogy of chanting and boxing, uh how uh while we chant more we practice more and we get better so i don't know if i i can read it it's really short please so it says is nuri hari talking uh the second time hanuman and i went to see Prabhupada, he received he receives us in his room he was wearing a gamsha and sitting casually with one knee up, smiling and fatherly. Satswarip Maharaj was behind him taking care of some papers. Hanuman felt bad about leaving the sannyas ashram and becoming a householder. Hanuman said, Prabhupada, I failed you. I'm a lost cause. Prabhupada smiled and said, oh, no, no. He laughed and said, Krishna consciousness is like playing Miradanga. The more you practice, the better you get, don't worry. Yay. That's very encouraging. Thank you very much, Subhangi Radha. That was really good um, to remember that because it's easy to feel disappointed in this world. Everyone's against me, I'll never get anywhere. But 
that's not true. Krishna says, even if you're the worst actor in this world, if you just keep on, then you'll be successful because it's the process that's powerful. Kirata hunanda pulinda pulkasha abhira shumba yavana kasadaya yene japapadiyada pashraya shreya shunyanti tasmai prabhavishnavenamaha. Basically, Shukadev Goswami's listing all the people everyone would say, ah, don't even bother, you're never going to make it. You're so far out. Of, you're so far outside of the Varnashram or human life uh, qualification. You'll never make it. And he says, "Don't count anybody out because the power that comes through the devotees from Lord Vishnu is enough to elevate anyone from any situation." Excellent. Thank you. That was beautiful. And then a couple more just to finish. Uh, we have Matendra Prabhu which is a real boon just to have him around. He said, can you elaborate on tip two for fighters? Study and know your opponent. Yeah. Uh, in the uh, third canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Kapiladev gives the philosophy of Sankhya. And he describes the various entities we're dealing with. So does Krishna in the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Near the end, he describes how there's a hierarchy Indriyani Pranyahur, Indribya Pramanaha, Manasastu Prabhudhir Yo Bude Partastu Saha, Evam Budi Parambudvasam Stavyatmanamatmanam, Jahi Shatra Mahabaho, Kamarupam Dharasadam. Understand that there's a hierarchy, senses, mind, intelligence, then the Atma. And then he says, Okay, you can stand up to this, you can fortify your intelligence so that your mind and senses will come under control. And if you study uh, the mind and understand that, first and foremost, that it can be transformed. One of the reasons that I might become frustrated and give up is because I think it can't be done. This is true in a lot of different situations, like people learning languages. If they think that uh, I can do it, uh, then they'll do it. If you think I can learn this language, if you're just confident, you can go for it. In fact, I've seen it with book distribution. The main ingredient that uh, inspires people to get good at book distribution is confidence. And the way they get confidence generally is they watch somebody else and they get a little bit of training. They hear from others about how it works. You just keep trying, look for the nice people. And then all of a sudden, I mean, they watch and they see other people are doing it and say, definitely it's possible. And then uh, if it happens to them, once somebody buys a book, then they think, wow, okay, maybe I can do it again. So develop, developing confidence is extremely important in the process, understanding that the mind doesn't have to remain my enemy, it can become my friend. Namchintamani Devi Dasati has a reflection. Thank you for the soothing Krishna Kata. I was reflecting on how painful it is for the false ego to admit that I've been wrong. But when the clouds of false ego clear even a little bit, realizing that I am a LLG, little lost jiva, little lost jiva, is actually a relief because then I have all the reason to ask for help and can appreciate the help that I'm getting. Nice realization. That's why it's called sweet surrender. It's the sweetest thing to give up the false ego and just um, walk away. 
And uh, Shredder Devi Dasi gives the power phrase, Siri Purana. It's all written in the Siri Purana. Okay, thank you very much, everybody, for joining for the Sunday program here at ISV. You know, I had an idea while we were uh, traveling the last few days. Can I share it? If you have to go, I'll understand. Just one idea. I was thinking about how um, when you're developing a community and a, and a temple that's open to the public, people come. The way to um, make it uh, successful is to think about the perspective of the person who's walking in and do everything possible, every single thing possible to accommodate that person so that they feel welcome, they feel wanted, they feel, feel accommodated. And I was thinking about doing a, uh, uh, some studies, have people walk in and uh, just test it out and see like where it could have been better. And imagine if we took the next uh, several months to engineer the most welcoming, accommodating uh, atmosphere. I'm not talking about the bricks and mortar. I'm just talking about uh, from, from whatever, wherever we are, that people feel loved, they feel um, cared for personally by people uh, who are spiritually happy. Then uh, what a place that would be, right? So on the practical side, would mean uh, there could be some logistical improvements. Like already uh, you started this uh, program of having a, a welcome table. Remember that back in the old days? You all remember Pre before the pandemic came that we had the table and, and when you come in, you'd feel this energy that, wow, there's people here that care about me. And then what are the other steps? What are the other five, 10, 20 things, tiny little things that could be done to, to make it feel like uh, everybody is cared for and the perspective of the person coming in uh, is looked after so that they feel uh, that they're important and loved and so forth. What, what do you think of this idea? I want to ask Sri Gopal Prabhu because he's one of the masterminds of the ISV project in general, and also perhaps if we did a test, uh, you know, by vote, maybe who's the nicest person on the planet, we'd have, we'd enter him as a candidate. What do you think, Sri Gopal? This is a very wonderful idea, Prabhu. I think that was your idea initially. And uh, when we had this welcome table, it's not only the newcomers were surprised and I mean who were welcome but it was our regular devotees they were very much uh, uh, feeling welcomed and very happy so I think uh, this is a simple um, thing but the impact was uh, very much felt but I think uh, and there are a lot of things that we can do um, it's um, yeah very very nice uh, idea Prabhu. Thank you very much Sri Gopal. So I was thinking if uh, we can brainstorm a, a, a way to actually uh, develop a list of ways to, to implement these various 
um, improvements so that people feel very uh, welcome. Another kirtan? On the, uh, you see here. Um, anybody else have a thought about it? About the practicality of it? Can you, I mean, when I talk about, do you see a list developing in a way that? And what number? Yes. It's not only applicable to ISV, but globally, Chicago starting as well, because this is a very important aspect of worshiping and uh, cultivating community uh, development and outreach. And I was thinking about, you know, how the, they do the web development testing. There's a thing called A-B testing. And I'm not into development, but I have heard about it. A-B testing is, you know, a version of a site goes live. Another version of the same site goes live another somewhere else. So let's say I'm opening from Chicago, there's this version of the site comes up. I'm opening from California, another site comes up and I see which response is better. So based on that, I decide which site actually yielding more uh, encouragement for visitors to come back. So similarly, I was thinking that what if there was no welcome table on month one and month two and three, there is a welcome table and other things which comes with it and kind of measure the outcomes. And that really identifies, okay, what are the incremental changes what have contributed to that you know, positive upside, things like that. So just my two cents. Thank you, Prem Sarova. So it's something that can be done, that can be developed. Okay, uh, we have Tadia Seva and Anupam. Anupam wants to go first. Anupam Prabhu, go ahead. Hare Krishna Gurmash. Um, we implemented the same thing at Bhakti Center some maybe two years ago or so. And I was the guy who was welcoming, especially at like Thursday night kirtan and Tuesday night kirtan. And it was extremely powerful. Um, if anything, just to have someone who's like the designated friend of any new person who walks in the door. And that way they just have somebody to talk to and make them feel comfortable you know, after the program ends and they're just kind of you know, standing there. They don't know what to do or who to speak to. If you could be that person who's just friendly to them and makes them feel comfortable or at least connects them with somebody else who, you know, if they're into yoga, then, okay, this is the yoga person. Or if they really like the kirtan and they like the music, then oh, this person does music and kirtan. And um, even just maybe two weeks ago, we just started doing Thursday night kirtan in person again. And this girl came and um, I was at the table. And then as she was walking out, then I just asked her how she liked it. And it turned out that she was really into Johnny Harrison because she had heard her music through Willow Smith. And um, so then we connected immediately and she started coming to the Harinams now. And just today she actually met Johnny Harrison at the, at the soul spot. And um, she's chanting now and even considering like moving into the Bhakti Center. <laughs> so, um, so it's extremely powerful um, just as a, as a base for relationships to be formed and then for people to really get plugged in um, and, and comfortable with Bhakti in, in the center. So it's Thank been... you very much, Anupam Prabhu. It's very encouraging. Tadiya Seva, Prabhu, you got the last word. Maharaj, um... It's the wee hours of the night now. My, my father is not a spiritualist, but he always used to say um, 
there is an old Telugu saying saying that home is like a heaven. So for him, it's like you know, it's a materialistic, materialistic idea, but still, what it says is, um, you know, wherever he would go, he would not feel comfortable. He has to come to his home and to make to feel like you know, it's like his heaven kind of thing. So what I'm trying to say is, if we can make an atmosphere where people feel that it is like their home, you know, they will definitely come back. And they, you know, it's like where they are appreciated and where they are cared and where they are nurtured spiritually. That is an environment we should try to create. Very well articulated, Jadis Sevapu. That was beautiful. You inspired us so much. So let's, um, we need just one little action item here of uh, when we can commence this study. Sri Gopal Prabhu, would you um, make a note so that we can circle back and uh, have a brainstorming group to, to come up with the, uh, the times and places to start uh, compiling the list? There's already a few people have written in and said they want to be part of it. Yes, Prabhu. Okay. So just get in touch with me. Anupam, is your hand still up or did you raise it again? Oh, no. Sorry, Grimash. I'll put it down. Oh, that's okay. Thank you very much, everybody, for um, staying up into the wee hours of the night to participate in this program. I'm just smiling. It's not that late. Um, so um, keep the transcendental vibration going. Uh, have a boxing match with your mind tomorrow. <laughs> Sit on the outside, don't get knocked off. And uh, try to go all 16 rounds with your mind if you can. Come up to the heavyweight level. Dear Srila Prabhupada, Dear Sri Jaitanya Mahaprabhu, Dear Sri Sharada Madan Mohan, Sri Sri Panjantapa, Sri Sri Lakshmi Shingadev, if you so desire, please empower us to develop a spiritual atmosphere that is like home when people come into it and they don't want to leave. They want to be part of it because we've engineered the most loving environment that people could find anywhere in this world or the next. Thank you for considering our request. Om Tat Sat. Everyone who thinks that's a worthy project and is interested in helping in one way or the other, please say Hare Krishna. 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 Hare Krishna.
Hey, Natalie Armarman, 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 Natalie Arm